The Killer Pod from Outer Space presents Watch This or Die. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Killer Pod from Outer Space. My name is Vinny. I'm here down a compadre tonight. He was, uh, he's apparently overindulged himself on the marijuana and is watching uh, Q the Winged Serpent. And I think you can guess, if you listen to the show, who that would be. Brother Jeff is not with us tonight. But on the hotlines, we do have Brother Pete. Yo, yo. And we got Brother Sean. Hello, hello. So what do you think about our good brother smoking too much of the ganj, watching Cue the Winged Serpent, and being incapacitated for recording? Been there, man. Happens to the best of us. I can see if he was like, I dabbed for the first time. I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he did say he wanted to rewatch the, the the film we're going to talk about tonight. So you know, maybe he he just wasn't ready. Didn't feel like he had the, de- the deets ready. I mean, there's a lot of details in this film we're talking about tonight. So, um, but I was going to mention that to him. I mean, we'll obviously get into it when we get to the watches or die. But I don't like. There's a lot of this movie. I don't think I'm ever going to forget. <laughs> yeah, this I a, mean, what, when's the first time you saw this? This is the first time. Oh, this is the first time. Yeah, I was, I was gonna get into that too. This has been like my white whale for the last fourteen years to get this movie. Um, because it just wasn't available. Yeah, anyway. I guess I, that's that whole world is still kind of new to me. Of, uh, you know, searching out horrors that are unavailable. Oh uh, yeah, classics, and there's just like so rights. few ways to try to find and watch them. And then if it only has European rights. Which I keep meaning in, um, to invest in a region-free Blu-ray player because that'll just solve all my issues. Uh, and and there's a company called Arrow Video that does great U.S. releases, but their U.K. region releases are even better. Like so many special edition stuff that you can't get here. That's all silly to me. I love it. Obsessed. But yeah, I, the, the uh, region-specific DVD is only playing on regions oh yeah and player and player. The, to get a really. to get a good like high quality 4k region free blu-ray player it runs you like 400 bucks where a normal one's like 90 so it's just hard to justify good lord all right you guys ready to get into some episode beers happy to sean why don't you kick it off then uh i go to a barber shop over on east gerard and i pop in a little bottle shop right across the street and i don't even remember the name of it but they had uh last year's nishami rapscolian so i picked up a four pack of uh the rapscolian um hazy imperial ipa double hops uh very very tasty and really great can art i just love everything nishami creek does these days i think i had that's a a yearly seasonal release, right? That wasn't anything. Yeah, new. it's their. Okay. I forget what they call it—the Floodwater series, something like that. Uh, no, I brought a couple of these to the Mahoning uh, over the summer. Okay. If you have okay. maybe had one there, yeah. or 
Uh, I was surprised to see it because I don't think it's out yet for this year. I think this is last year's can, but I'm pretty happy to see it. Yeah, I, I do love some of the Chamonix Creek. The only thing I, I miss or, or wish I can go back in time from the Chamonix Creek is when there are four, there are four big IPAs, like A Shape of, Hop, a Shape of Hops to Come. Um, I forgot the other three. But they were strictly seasonal. Like It was quarterly. Yeah. Like, you could only get A Shape of Hops to Come from you know for four months out of the year, and then it was on to the next one, and it would come back same time next year. Made it feel more special. Yeah, I think they. I just saw they're starting to put those in twelve ounce cans, not just the sixteen ounce pounders. Yeah, I did see them in the twelve ounces, and they did all the variations on a shape of a shape of hops to come. But when it gets all that popularity, and like, it's like that was one of the ones, um, among other releases, where when it was about to come out, I would send my dad like the first day it was out, and he'd like wait in line, like a line around the outside of the brewery for it. Oh damn. Uh, yeah, that's, that's become a pretty popular meeting spot for my dad and I, cause it's near his shop and it's, you know, it's like a 20, 25 minute drive from the city. Uh, that Croydon brewery is awesome. Oh yeah. We used to hit that all the time. And then the original, um, broken goblet was really cool too. It was right down the street and it was like, you could tell it was like a, basically they took over like a doctor's office and put a small brewery in it. So it was really like <laughs> a weird setting, but it worked. Now they have, oh, now, now they have that huge spot. It's like a huge concert venue they have now. Um, in, in the same area still, but yeah. The ben Salem area. Uh, I don't know if you saw the message from Jeff, but it sounds like he might be hitting up, uh, the Chamonix Creek tomorrow. They're playing Friday the 13th at seven o'clock. Oh, is that tomorrow? Yeah. I remember, uh, I think it was you sent out the, the initial like list of events they were doing. Yeah, it seems like they're well, up in there. Well, that makes sense. Tomorrow's Friday the 13th. Yeah. yeah. seems like they're up in their events and doing some more stuff because they, they used to throw a lot of shows until COVID happened. So that's pretty cool. I'm happy to see that for them. Yeah, that'd be cool. I would go, but I think maybe I'm going to be too high. <laughs> yeah. Watching Q. <laughs> um, my beer is, I've had it on here before. Uh, Ship Bottom Brewery, Mexican Stout, um, big old nine percent. Okay. Uh, you're killing, you're well, killing me. I'm only I'm seven point eight over here. Roasted ancho chilies, cinnamon. Yeah, they say a little Madagascar vanilla. Yeah, I like a I like a good, it's good stuff. Mexican chocolate style stout would be delicious with a mole. Mm, mm, mm. Pete, where do you uh, where do you go when you do beer shopping? Do you go to B and B? Pretty much. Um, yeah, not because, a ton of other options, I guess. Yes, yeah, for extensive as um, uh, the to the Candlewick seems, it's really they pretty much only have the same stuff. Like, like that whole one been... side is always just the same European stuff, yeah. and Mexican and whatever, and then the other side is like they have the bomber wall, um, but I feel like you know their clientele isn't like the feel like they don't they don't um rotate like not a lot of stuff a lot of stuff gets rotated i feel like the same bombers are there that have been there for like two years and they basically keep like the same craft beers yeah i was really disappointed last time i went in there and was looking for just like a six pack uh at what their selection was yeah well, I, some I don't places know if they have like just have like a blanket of a ton of 
craft beer so they can say they have craft beer but it's like nothing noteworthy yeah i mean you can get like your dogfish 60 minute and yeah. like your typical standard stuff but nothing uh, and the the bombers unusual are, which i think is very unfortunate because i prefer like my stouts and my quads and porters and a bomber but they're pretty much going extinct kind of sucks yeah yeah i don't think the wick has a good like person that's like their buyer for the for the store and i um whereas on the other hand bnb as soon as the law changed and they could sell single cans and four packs and six packs they went all out and i i personally i mean and it's just because it's the trend they still have like their craft beer section is still like it's like 80 percent ipas but um there's a lot of good stuff in there um Nothing against IPAs. It's just, you know, I get tired of it Yeah. Um, after a while. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a great, massive store. So I go there, and I always grab, like, a case of Modelo. Um, I grab, like, the hard seltzers I like, and then I grab, like, two or three, either four packs or six packs of something seasonal or, you know, something, whatever looks good. They, 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 they have their local section. They have, like, a whole West Coast um, aisle. And then they have like the real small craft brewery aisle too. So yeah, yeah. And then uh, I know my dad buys a lot of beer there, and they seem really good about like they'll order stuff specifically for him when he asks for it, and like put it aside. And yeah, they seem pretty uh, pretty reasonable and pretty awesome about that. Every, there's like the same two like dudes in their fifties running the registers all the time, but then like all the guys on the floor. Like, I never really, like, ask for help because I always just like to peruse. But they're always asking, like, if you need help. You know, they're, they're pretty knowledgeable. And the um, the guy who's the owner is a really smart. He's a, re- he's a really smart beer guy. He's really nice. Um, uh, he's used us to do his uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas meals a couple times. Um, so he's a good dude. And... Uh, so yeah, you know, helpful people. If you're in the Doyle Center area and you need a good uh, beer distributor, um, B&B Beverage. Doyle shout Town. out, shout out B&B in Doylestown. This uh, yeah. this podcast episode is sponsored by B&B. <laughs> unofficially, but yeah, unofficially. We're when not you drive it. by your local B&B billboard on York Road or something, <laughs> you'll see the Killer Pod logo in the bottom left corner. <laughs> I bet I could talk the guy into giving us like. A case of beer, so they keep shouting him out. Fuck yeah. Throw it on the Insta post. <laughs> I mean, I've been going there since before I could legally drink because they sell, <laughs> you know, they sell soda and cigars and shit, too. So, like, when I was 18 and I was buying tobacco, you know, going and buying the A-Treat grape, grape soda. Mm. Um, yeah. Great place. All right, I am going with an IPA again tonight, and also back-to-back weeks, I'm going with another cold-style IPA. This one's uh, Cold Front from Victory Brewing Company out of downtown Pennsylvania. Nice lean 7%er, but uh, I'm digging these cold IPAs, and our weather is not cold. We're going through like another weird warm front, which I don't mind at all. Yeah, casual... Uh... January thunderstorm today. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. I saw, like, was I, I watched the news and then Jeopardy, like an old person every night. 
And like people were like, where <laughs> something was happening was they heard rumbling. I'm like, no, it's just just the just thunder. Winter thunder. Your dogs go running every time it happens? No, I'm surprised Harley doesn't, but she's very sensitive. I mean, Winston's full-blown deaf. But, uh, yeah, I'm surprised Harley's not scared of it. It doesn't phase her. Yeah, Lola doesn't move. She doesn't really give a shit. But Cooper, like, immediately ran downstairs and was wiggling and, you know, trying to hide. Can they tell the difference between fireworks and thunder? No. No, he's afraid of both. It's just loud. My, uh... My boss's dogs, when I watch them, if it, if it's, like, seriously thunderstorming, the one doesn't give a shit, but the other one, like, can't get close enough to you. Yeah. But I've also been there during, like, Memorial Day or, like, July 4th, and they thunder fireworks don't seem to bother them. But... Yeah, I know Cooper it's, does not it's like... different for all dogs. Yeah, Cooper doesn't like the fireworks. Back in the early COVID times when people were blowing up ATMs and stuff and <laughs> Philadelphia, it was a, it was a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. I remember you telling me that one was like right around the corner. From yeah. You. Yeah. A couple like, of times. Someone just blew up an ATM like on our block. Yeah. Yeah. It was like two blocks away. Cooper was just like constantly freaking the fuck out for a couple of weeks. We got through it. <laughs> All right, as we get into uh, the portion of news and, and what we've all been watching, it's a little off-brand, if you will, but I just want to mention a show because I completely got sucked in, found it to be just so riveting, and I've watched a lot of seasons of various types of TV series, all different genres. Are we, talk- are we talking about Emily in Paris? No. Because I'm <laughs> in. It's... <laughs> It, not not that unexpected, but just like still off brand. The show trafficked on Nat Geo. It's a docu series where this reporter goes like deep into the underground of whatever the black market topic is of that episode, and it is like just downright dangerous. And she has no business being there. And it's one of those things like. If you watch it, like you could expect any day you're gonna hear this woman died on on the job. But there's a se- there's season three coming out January fifteenth. So I guess she's still going strong. But like it is dangerous. And like she does like the typical stuff. She does fentanyl, she does cocaine, um probably the the most she, insane... she does these things? No, no, no. She, she like the... no. <laughs> <laughs> but she is, and like I had to look it up because I'm like, how is this? Like, I understand she's media and she's investigating for a news story, but how, like, she's filming with her crew and witnessing this like outright crime. Like, I, I was shocked that that was allowed, or how, like, when she got back to America, like, the DEA wouldn't or ATF wouldn't scoop her up immediately, like, all right, well, you were there, like, show us where these people are. Um, but I guess they can't do that, even though she's filming like she just not violent crimes, but crimes straight up happening. Um, but then there's like really interesting ones with like counterfeiting money, um, American dollars in Peru. There's one about um, illegally trading and selling tigers in Southeast Asia, like 
all these different topics, and it is like edge of your seat entertainment. Watch an entire season in one day, which I don't think I've ever, actually. I know I haven't done for any other television show. Check it out if you're into a, looking for a docu series to watch. Yeah, I'm, I like shit like that. I'm so excited to dive into see, um, season two. The one she did the the craziest episode was where she was talking about gun gun trade, um, illegal gun trade out of out of the U.S. into Mexico for the cartels, and she was seeing some wild shit. And it was the the only episode I saw where like she was visibly shook and terrified on camera. Like the cameraman like zoomed in on her hands as she was talking to this guy, and her hands were just like trembling. Do you think that there's just like like black ops like for, like former military uh like security that she has like ready to roll in i or... don't know she she must because i mean especially that gun trade i was like there was some dangerous stuff and i was like and it was like there's no way this is being dramatized like it's it's too real like she's she she is an investigative reporter she has been her whole career um her name is uh marion marion van fleet She's Portuguese, and she just became a U.S. citizen like five years ago. So all her whole career was in Portugal, and she was reporting on a lot of cartel stuff and spending a lot of time in Mexico for the Portuguese media and built all these relationships with like CD characters, and that's how she gets these connections. But the more and more the cartel, like in this one episode, trusted her, you could tell like. Like in, the, in the beginning, it was really dangerous, and like they were threatening to kill her, um, and and she like kind of like pokes the bear, and she's like, "Well, what if I was DEA?" And they were like, "Well, then you wouldn't get out of here alive." <laughs> um, but as it goes on, like I guess just through word of mouth in their organization, they trust her, and see that she is media. She, uh, she was when they get all fired up and think that she's, um. Uh, DEA or a cop or whatever, she always resorts to her Instagram and like shows on her Instagram that she has pictures with like other criminals doing these interviews. I don't know, it's it's wild. Are all their faces blurred or no? Um, so they use that's the other thing you can tell. Like, if it's someone really serious, they'll have like the bandana on, sunglasses, hood up, and then they use the voice alterator thing. Yeah. Yeah, some guys just wear like a straight up ski mask. Um, it, maybe she just carries like a, a signed letter by Danny Trejo, and they're just like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yes. maybe you could. <laughs> Checks out. Oh, you know Danny? <laughs> it's just signed Machete. <laughs> In season two, I would imagine it's going to be another like crazy episode. Episode she goes to West Africa to investigate illegal black market like organ organ trading like human organs oh my god like that one's gonna be probably having me sweat <laughs> well that sounds terrible good stuff yeah, i mean i've seen the, i've seen the way they treat camel meat on like street markets <laughs> i don't know how much how much like ice they have there to keep kidneys cold anyway that was my random thought of of the week for Watch us or die episode. Um, I've since uh, we last talked started uh, this last season of Peaky Blinders. Because um, like 
I kept forgetting that it was out there. Yeah. Um, I I'm enjoying it so far. Um, um I, the the beginning of that one uh that's just that just that season only kind of dragged a little bit for me, but stick with it because then it it gets right back into the. Yeah, I just finished the third episode. Okay. Um. What else have I been watching? Um, I wa I checked out. Uh, oh shit! What have I been watching? I don't know. The same shit that I said the last episode, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've been doing more of the same. <laughs> I'm almost done with. Excuse me, Tulsa King. Yeah, uh, I think I I'm. I'm really enjoying that. Left. Yeah. It's like the right mix of comedy and like that mafia drama. Yeah. Type stuff. Subtitles on, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just watched a movie that I liked, but I I completely blanking on what it was. Um, I wanted to watch uh, this movie before we did our 2022 breakdown, but I watched everything everywhere all at once finally. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot you watched that. Yeah, I know we talked about it a little bit, but I really liked it. That was pretty good. Ah. I'm, I'm happy to return of uh, K uh, Kwan. And I don't know if you guys saw he gave a speech. He won an award, uh, whatever the PU. I think you were gonna say um, uh, Golden Globe. Yeah, Golden Globe. Thank you. He gave a, a nice speech. Uh, it's like the first movie he's been in in the last like 20 years. It's pretty awesome. Uh, happy to have him back. I thought he did a really nice job in that. Yeah, and the the female lead one as well. Oh, nice. Uh, in her category. If if anyone fact, should have won, I thought the the only thing I really liked about that movie was the daughter and the various like things she did in it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I mean, the movie was definitely trippy. I did not like it. Uh, it was just too much for me. Yeah, it was a lot. It was chaos, nah, I, I and it was so good. long. I I couldn't. Pete, did you see it? No, I'll, I'll, but I'll probably watch it since it's. I mean, it's most likely going to get nominated for an Oscar since they won Golden Globes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious what you um, think. So I mean, I'll I, definitely check it out. I, but I, it was I funny seem to be the, the odd man out. Like everyone loves it. But the uh, the well, I think her name is. I don't want to mess it up and sound racist, but it's like Michelle Wan or something like that. Michelle something. Michelle like Yeo or something. Yeah, the the main the main lead. So the whole Golden Globes was kind of like running behind because the dude hosting it like took a little long with his intro and um, she won pretty early on and it was just funny because like she started her speech and you know she was emotional because she was talking about how she came to this country as an immigrant and wasn't treated like everyone else in Hollywood like she couldn't get like her regular roles and like the person start like the piano player started like trying to play her <laughs> off and she just goes shut up. Oh, really? She's like, I, she's, like I, she's like, I can kick your ass. You know I can. Because she funny. was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, too. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, but it was just funny because also the girl playing piano was also Asian-American. Um, but it, it was just funny. She immediately was like, like, like the piano stopped. And, um, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. It was, yeah, it's worth a watch. I think you'll like it. Uh, I watched today. I watched The Burbs for the first time. Oh, oh love that one! Great. They just put they just put that on Netflix, and that movie was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do a Hank's list eventually. <gasps> oh yeah, 
Ooh. We got to do that sooner or later. I, yeah, I like that movie, how they almost like flipped the story because instead of like the kids fucking around and investigating the creepy neighbor that moved in, it's all the adults. And the, the kids, it's like Corey Feldman and his friends are just like, they just sit on their porch and watch and like eat pizza. Yeah. Just kind of like laugh at all the shit that's happening, which I, thought, I don't know. That was kind of fun. Sorry, my my ADD's kicking in now with the Tom Hanks, Hanks list. Would you guys agree that there is one movie that is standout, absolutely number one? We don't even have to worry about it, and then do yep. our normal top ten and like just call it an eleven. <laughs> Well, for yes. me, for me, yes, but I don't think it's yours. I was gonna say I don't think it's the same. Really? Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, we'll have to discuss off air. I, th- I think we're on for the same me, page. For me, I have my number one, but I think that there's easily three that could be considered number one. I don't know. I think five. I think you're number but one. If, but w- what I think you think is number one, it it's too many people. Hmm. All right. Well, that'll be an interesting list then. Um, as far as news goes, Sean, you want to announce your uh, your boys' big big uh, holiday treat that's coming out? Uh, I don't know what you mean. Eli Roth. <laughs> oh, yeah, has a boy <laughs> has a Thanksgiving feature. In, uh, yeah, I feel like he's. I feel like he's been teasing. He's been teasing that for a long time. What is it? Thanks. Is it just called Thanksgiving? Is this called Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh, dude, I completely forgot that. I no trailer or anything, right? Guys... No, not that I saw. There was like a still image, maybe. Um. What sucks about I'm sure this? We'll watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it because I'm just a sucker for anything holiday, and then especially because we have so few Thanksgiving genre movies to go to I'm going to watch it and it's just going to piss me off and ruin Thanksgiving yeah I um, think I hate Eli Roth as much as you guys but I don't know I can't say that I have high hopes for it I can't I can't I have to step back from my my very verb or uh, my saying how much I hate him because how much I love that movie Knock Knock <laughs> But even that's like love hate because because they're they're all vile people, but I just love that movie. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so you just reminded me with the Eli Roth thing that um, we've only recorded one other episode this year, twenty twenty three, and I had said in the past that um, I was gonna hit us with my Darcy the Mail Girl calendar fact yes, of the day. Yes. Um. So the the last recording we did, a lot of them are just like very trivial, like, like, like you'll because you know, they got to fill three hundred sixty five days. Um, but so the last episode we recorded, I had neglected to say it was the it was the release date of the book, uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Um, that was a week ago, and then today, um, is the birthday of uh. Sir, uh, Rob Zombie. 
Oh yes, I did see that. Uh, um, who uh, you know? Bill Mosley gave him a little. We shout. like we like some of his movies, but regardless, he's a you know he's a horror fan, also director and yeah, yeah. I like I like Rob Zombie and we love his music. So the monsters did not come up in our 2022 list. It did not. No, it did not. <laughs> I mean, I think you might be the only one that watched it, unless you watched it, Vinny. I have no intention of watching that movie. I, I just know it. I, it wasn't worth mentioning on the list. Yeah, uh, I I had seen Calico like shortly after it came out, and he's like a massive fan of the TV show, and he was just like, "Yeah, we don't need to talk about that." <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Thunderkiss '65. I mean, I'll rock out to that song all day, every day. And uh, also, he was born in the town where Vinny uh, got his eye broken in a skate park yes. in Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> He did not come to my aid, unfortunately. I liked his. I liked the first Halloween movie he did. I thought. I, I did too at the time. I, at the time, I, I liked it, it, but then as I reflected on it over the years, I don't like it anymore. I haven't watched I like... it in years. Like literally, I don't think I've watched it since Benny and I lived together in college, and that was. I so I've I... probably seen it like a total of three times. I think I have a DVD copy of it around here somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd watch it over Halloween Ends. Oh, big time. God, big um, time. Oh, my God. I will I will double feature Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween 2 six days in a row before <laughs> I ever watch Halloween Ends again. So, um I I think I plan uh, next week at some point to go see Megan just to see what it's all about. I'm curious. Um, so I don't know if we I don't think we're gonna do a watch this or die on it, but I might you know I might just do a little blurb um, before our uh, our list next week. Um, and uh, you know, my, my what I heard is that if you go into it feeling like, like knowing it's just going to be like kind of like a campy horror comedy kind of like Chucky ripoff then it's like decent but all right I mean, it's it seems to be getting pretty good reviews it's really fr- it's like it's like 95% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes yeah it's wild uh letterbox it has good reviews um i mean it's it's a mix i mean you know i blumhouse is hit and miss uh, there's uh, blumhouse movies that i absolutely love and there's I mean, there's a ton I haven't seen just because they look like total duds. I mean, because they're like it's like a it's like a factory, you know. But yeah. James Wan is his name on it is big for us. I mean, we love yeah. James Wan movies around here. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll be curious. I mean, he's he's kind of he's kind of like he's kind of like tag teamed with them now, isn't he? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know if my boy Ryan Turk acquired that one. But if it's good, I'll say he did. The only other big news I saw was that uh, they're going to start filming the Alien TV series. Uh, Noah Hawley is doing one for FX. And he's the same guy who does Fargo, which I haven't watched. But Oh, that show's really good. good. Really good. And each yeah. season... Each season, they have, like, small Easter egg connections 
but they pretty much are like standalone seasons, yeah. like how American Horror Story is. Yeah. Um, but I recommend starting. Yeah, season two is probably the best, but I say watch them all um, uh, if you're ever looking for good content. Crime it drama. Sounds like the sounds like Alien might be in good hands. Then I was a little uh, hesitant seeing it's on FX, but mm, I trust I, yeah. FX and I trust AMC at this point. Yeah, those are um, those are the two. I mean, other than your like subscription ones like because, uh, HBO and Showtime, those are the two. Whatever has whatever's happened with like um censorship like i think basically at this point if you're on after like 10 o'clock like is all like all these shows have cursing and sex in them now so yeah what's the it, deal it, with that like all they gotta do is throw up the T- tvma and they can do whatever i they guess want. so and maybe they have to like pay i don't know but it started i kind of remember it starting with uh an fx show that I was watching. I don't remember exactly which one, but they just started dropping the F-bomb. And I think it might have been Fargo. And I, I was, was going like, to say, oh. I think I maybe it didn't start with it, but uh, Sons of Anarchy is when I started to like really notice like they're dropping F-bombs. They got Jax's butt yeah, all over the place. And it was violent as shit. Yeah. yeah. That, um, that still gets me one of those, um, that meme that's like, like, Boys have no emotion. Do boys ever cry? And then it's just like the scene with Obi, yeah. and I'm just like, oh my god, it gets um, me every time. I don't even want to rewatch that show just because of that scene. I know. And Obi I, was—I love that show. He's the I'm... most loyal dude. Even like when you thought that he was ratting, and then you figured, found out that he wasn't. Oh my god! Like you, it was breaking your heart because he thought he was ratting, and then when you found out that he was ratting what they were telling him to rat so that he could oh my god yeah and then he and then he just like oozies that bitch to death yeah oh stall agent stall he shoots yeah. him in the back of that that was like the, the greatest scene she well i feel like i say this a lot but uh she was one of, like of that year my most hated villain i hated that woman <laughs> she yeah. was awful it wasn't it was, that was dexter's wife wasn't it or am i thinking of something mm-hmm. else no somebody different okay because wasn't she a bag up like a villain in that too? Like his actual wife? No, the woman that played Rita. Rita on Dexter. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, she was. Or no, um, I might be confusing a different show. She was in some. I don't think it was Sunza. Yeah, I don't. I don't like her as an actress. Ever, ever since uh, Boondock Saints two, I was like, what is wrong with this woman? She's uh, terrible. I, I, I think I pretty much just like I, I, I live a life as if that movie doesn't exist. <laughs> it was atrocious acting by her in that movie. Because I feel like the first one was so good that you kind of get past that like the other dudes aren't that creative actors. Like at yeah, the but it was time, so fun. right at the time, like um, what's what's his name? Uh, Daryl from Walking Dead. Um, Norman Reedus. Yeah, Norman Reedus. Like he's a good actor now, but I feel like at the time he was just like, but it, but it didn't matter because it was all about the plot and like yeah. the quotes and all that stuff. And I feel like the second Willem movie Defoe just like wilding out. Yeah, and Willem Dafoe brought brought the clout. Um, but yeah, I feel like the second one kind of exposed him a little bit. <laughs> um, but whatever. Um, what was I going to mention? So as far as upcoming movies, 
I believe when this, so this episode will be airing tonight. So this weekend, uh, the thriller Airplane is premiering in theaters. Hmm. So I was thinking of doing a date night with Steph, like right before we go on the trip to see Airplane. <laughs> have, you, have you guys seen the trailer? Right, right, right before you get on an airplane? Well, have you seen the trailer? No. It's, uh, so, ah, I forget who's in it. Not The Rock. Gerard Butler. So it was like a commercial airline going to some Caribbean, you know, resort type destination. It gets shot down by militia over the jungle in South America. And Gerard Butler's got to save the day. I did see a trailer for this. It looks ridiculous, but I'm... Talk about one of the most hit and miss actors. I mean, there's... Uh, He'll do do anything. He doesn't care. Yeah. um, But like, love... uh, Green, uh, Greenland movie that Vinny and I, I know have talked about on the pod. Yep. Um, very emotional, uh, survival end of the world type movie. 300, obviously his like real introduction. Um, not talking about enough. Well, a little bit more lately, uh, Den of Thieves. Unbelievable. Great. Just a great, awesome movie and his performance. Another movie that Vinny, you need to get on because, um, I talked about it. Cop Shop. Have yeah. you watched it yet? Not yet. It's still on my list. It's it's on. I think it's free on Peacock now. Okay. Um. Very good. Um. He's not even the breakout performance, but uh, you know he's good in that. And even like like the um Olympus has fallen. Like he's not no, good in them. Yeah, but they're fun. But they're, they're good popcorn flicks because I I I love my but my buddy Dan and I. Uh, Sean knows Dan. Uh, Kinsley. Uh, who we should get on here at some point because yeah, he's a he big, would he's, love the huge he, movie guy. Yeah, he loves talking about movies, but um, uh, you know, he's just like, like, uh, what the quotes like? He's like, he's like, oh, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? He's like, oh, bourbon and bad choices. <laughs> His American accent is so terrible. Like, I that's that's one of the big things for me is that like, you can just tell because he has a thick Scottish accent and it's a hard accent to to hide. Um, I think generally speaking, whenever he has a beard, it's going to be a good performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I'll hang um, on that. Oh, that reminded me that I watched that movie Ambulance the other day. Oh yeah, you didn't like, like it? It was like an hour too long. Oh, I had a blast with that. All right, it was. It was insane. It was ridiculous and everything you expect from Michael Bay. But it was like two hours and 20 minutes long. They're all too long now. I'm tired of it. They're all two hours It should have plus. been 80 minutes. It should have been 80 minutes. It was yeah. like an hour. It, it got to I don't like, know if it was an hour was too cop, long. Was it, it was a cop drama. There was a full surgical scene in an I, I forgot about the surgical scene until like Sean and I started talking about it. And I was like, okay, that was ridiculous. <laughs> his, they have, they have like, the guys on... yeah. <laughs> His spleen literally just explodes at some point. <laughs> it's just like three and, doctors out on the golf course, like just looking at a phone. Like, no, 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 next to the left, go to the vein. You can't do this. You didn't even graduate medical school or whatever the fuck they told her. You're a woman. <laughs> yeah. You woman paramedic, you can't do this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with it. That was like one of those, like, it was like halfway through and I paused it. I was like, I'm having a blast. I'm going to make some popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of times, a movie's about like when you're watching it, how you're watching it. Yeah, I don't know um, what I was expecting, but it wasn't exactly that. I think I watched it. When did it come out? It came out like pretty early 2021. 
So I feel like whenever I watch it, I, it was like at a time where there wasn't a lot to watch. So, you know, I was just like, whatever. And, you know, I probably had a couple. So, yeah, I don't think I was, I don't think I had any. That might have been part of it. <laughs> but anyway. All right. I think we're ready to get into this week's Watch This or Die. And this week, we are going with uh, recently widely released on Shudder, a uh, very hard-to-find film for pretty much the, the whole life of the movie. We're going with Possession from 1981, directed by Andre Julaski, starring Sam Neill in his one of his first roles. Is it, is it his first role? I didn't look. I didn't either, but it's got to be one of his first very young Sam Neill. I'm gonna pull it right now. That I have it open. Handsome, handsome man. Yeah. He. Yeah, I I wrote that. That was one of my first notes. Was Sam Neill's fucking young in this? He was only 34, I think. Um, it was funny. Steph was like, "It's so weird because Sam Neill's young, but he still has like old man Sam Neill voice." <laughs> <laughs> He's still uh. He still covers up his accent a little bit. I mean. Because I think he's from uh, Ireland, but he does more English. All right. I'm glad you brought that up because that was also one of my early notes was just like, what is his accent in this? Because he's got like a pretty thick Irish accent. Yeah, he's definitely not German. <laughs> and the whole movie takes place in Germany. Um, but we'll get into it. Vinny's going to read the Shutter synopsis. Yeah, I, I couldn't find um. I brought the wrong thing on. Um, Vinny might read the Shutter synopsis. <laughs> well, no, I was trying to find out if it was his first movie, but I accidentally no, I, I, I have IMDb open. Clicked on appeared as himself, and that just messed everything up. No, he had some other roles before this, uh, smaller stuff. I think this might his first like big feature. Even though, I mean, it's not it, it's not that big. I mean, it didn't really get a worldwide release. Banned no, in different it, countries. It looks like it was a bomb too. Oh yeah, like it. Uh, it was definitely one of those ones that became a, a cult following as the years went on. I wrote down this movie had a two point four million budget, which for eighty eighty one, that would be a pretty decent budget. It was one it, or two, yeah. It uh, was nominated for two or three awards at Keynes and won. Um, the Actress that plays Anna won for best actress. So that was, she was that the was best a part. Deal. I mean, she was unbelievable. She was, yeah, she was the best part of this movie. I, thought, I didn't think this was his best role. All right. I think he had good. Yeah, go ahead. So this is the. Uh, so Shudder uh, acquired this movie and, and dropped it. And here's the synopsis they put together for it. Uh, banned upon its original release in 1981, Andrzej Zulowski's stunning nightmare of a marriage unraveling is an experience unlike any other. Professional spy Mark returns to his West Berlin home to find his wife Anna insistent on a divorce. As Anna's frenzied behavior becomes ever more alarming, Mark discovers a truth far more sinister than his wildest, wildest suspicions. Oof. With its pulsating score... Visceral imagery and some of the most haunting performances ever captured on the screen. Possession is cinematic delirium at its most intoxicating. Great description. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I definitely like from the beginning, the opening sequence, the score definitely like hits you right off the bat. Yeah. Really good opening. Score. Um, very like, like synth goth synth sort of, um, um, and so yeah, my notes here, I wrote, uh, immediate tension with the intro music and also just immediate tension off the bat when you meet the characters. Yeah. Like, so I thought like based on, you know, just what I've heard about this film and how it's about a deteriorating marriage and a, a toxic relationship, I thought it was going to be kind of like a slow build, like, like slowly breaking down. It is right off the bat. Like, like you said, as soon as the characters are introduced on screen like you know they're not good he literally he literally gets out of a cab and she's like what are you doing here i didn't think you were coming yet and he was like well, well, what did you want to <laughs> yeah um so yeah you uh, the synopsis really explains like that he's a spy you don't get that oh, oh, you get i mean there is a scene where he's meeting with some suits um, and then you, that's where you kind of figure out that he's a spy, but they're, they're, they're very like incognito about everything they're saying and yeah. all they, and, um, dude, dude, that, that, that whole meeting was so bizarre. The, like, I love the circular shot. It really made yeah. you feel out of sorts. I wrote the cinematographer's name, Bruno Nayudin or something. Oh, I get pronounced his last name, but. Uh, I noticed that too. The cinematography in that scene was really cool. That circular shot where they're going around them in the room. Yeah, it's, the camera circles around them like two whole rotations before it kind of focuses in. But it was, um, it's just like a small table in the corner of this giant room with a bunch of men sitting at it. Yeah, and, and, other, one, and one chair. The, room, the rest of the room is empty. Like, what, what is he, he's being grilled about like details of why he doesn't want to do another job or mission and like but it's all just like disorienting which is definitely on purpose the whole movie is disorienting on purpose but so is the man yeah. in the pink socks still our subject like what <laughs> yeah. a lot of the dialogue in this movie was like that where like i i don't want to skip ahead but like the dog in the river it's like yeah. that dog didn't that dog didn't end up there accidentally like, what is that i don't know what's happening <laughs> um they really uh even though they speak very little like they really don't focus in much at all about what he does it kind of comes up again at the end it's like in the beginning and then a little bit more at the end but like you don't know who he's working for really because they're German. He's British. They're in West Berlin. Uh, uh, the whole like the whole color, the whole color track of the movie is blue gray. Like it's a really gives you like the dreary feeling of what it was like to live in West Germany. Every house is like half bombed out. Yeah. Like the wallpaper. Like nothing looks fun about being living there at all. Um, so that's one thing, like literally every suit, shirt, whatever he has is either blue or gray, like every wall, every home, like, um, and you just see like the guards on the wall of the Berlin wall. Yeah. Very um, dark and dreary overall, 
but I think that's that's what really makes like the violent bloody scenes pop. Yeah, yeah. Which there was um, a lot of giallo in those death scenes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I a lot of this kind of made me think of um, just in the way that it made you feel uncomfortable with just like the constant arguing. And like not really sure where it was going, like made like, me feel way over the top arguing. Yeah, um, and then like severe beatings um, on both ends. I mean, but then he like he, at one point he slaps her like fifteen times yeah. in a row. Um, really, like they really made that thing him just repeatedly in the face. Yeah, uh, and the whole time you're like, "Well, but, Bob's gonna grow up and just be fucked." <laughs> Bob's yeah. so fucked up. <laughs> but um, made me feel a little bit like watching um, uh, "Speak No Evil." Um, yeah, just in, like, like how uncomfortable. Yep. I think the the next big scene was their like breakup scene at the cafe when he finds out she's there, and they go to that giant cafe and break up and he just like loses his goddamn mind. Yeah. Yeah. So like they, I was well, totally they sort expecting... of nah? sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say how they, they, they go in like, you know, it's, there's already tension when you meet the characters for the first time on the street, they go inside and he's like immediately grilling her about, are they done? Is there somebody else? And she's saying, no, 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 no. But then they have, the cafe scene, which is a short time later where she just comes clean about how there is someone else and they are done. And he just has a fucking meltdown. There's chefs coming out of the kitchen to restrain them. Like it's crazy. So I was totally expecting like the next scene was to be like him in jail. Cause he, he like smashes shit and like throws tables and chairs across this restaurant. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, he's going to be in jail. And like, I guess his spy buddies are going to, Nope. He's just in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then oh, I forgot about that. Like, what the hell was that? Was, did he go on like a heroin bender? He goes on like a three week bender. Uh, but I, I kind of what you were talking about the blues and grays. Like, I was having a tough time delineating what was his like apartment and what was the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Because when he's in the hotel and he's got like there's there's bottles of beer and alcohol and like food and shit everywhere, and he doesn't know how long he's been here. Like, is he at home? yeah um and the kid is very like in and out of this whole movie uh like there's times where you i mean they drop him off at school and then there's times where you're not sure if he's with him or her or the sitter I think I think right after that he goes home and the kid is there alone and he's like, "You've been here a long time." Yeah, was he there the whole time? Like, who's watching the kid? Well, they, so, they they kind of made it seem I don't know that scene was confusing and I don't know if that one was even on purpose. It was like at first it seemed like they were establishing that he was there for like a long time, and uh, Mark Sam Neill's character was pissed, but then she gets home. She's like, "I was only gone for like." She was making it seem like she was only gone for like part of that day. Yeah, that was my biggest complaint. Was some of this movie felt disjointed and a little disorienting, trying to follow what was happening. Well, I think that like the, the whole disjointing was that, was on purpose. It seemed like purpose. yeah, but, but that was the scene where he was like 
manically uh, rocking in the chair, right? Like wide eyed. Yeah, like, that like, was like crazy. A fucking crazy person. It was like almost touching the floor. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> what he was doing with his, his facial expression and eyes, I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, he really has the crazy eyes in this movie. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I wanted to touch on that I just was like, what the fuck? Okay, so he hires a private detective because he doesn't know where his wife is going, like during the day or at night. And he hires this guy to follow her. And he is like, <laughs> he's the worst private detective I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, so like, not only is he like following her like way too close in like on the street and then into the subway. And then literally when she starts running, he's running after her, <laughs> yet also pretending like he's not following her. Like, he, like he, calls, like he, he goes calls, up the stairs and, and like continues the footsteps. At, sprinting after her. <laughs> and then, and like, she's carrying her groceries and, like, half, like, dropping her groceries even. And then, like, and then he stops and then he makes a phone call to tell him where she's staying. And, and, and then he says, do you want me to do you want me to see if she's in in there? And then he, so he's like, yeah. And then he knocks on the door after like eating a curry worst off the street cart. <laughs> and, um, and hiding his trash just underneath the stairs. Yeah, he is. But then just pretending as if he wasn't the guy who was just running after him. Just like, oh, I'm here to check your windows. I was like, who the, Jesus. Dude. I was laughing so hard. He's sprinting after her, and he—it's not like he is like two blocks away. He's like five feet behind. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing discreet about <laughs> him at all. <laughs> and then he, and then you know, then he ends up, you know, what happens to him happens to him. Oh, in the middle of that, another weird thing when when they're on the subway together, she sits down next to like a homeless man. It steals yeah, her banana. Yeah. And he just he just reaches in her grocery bag and takes the banana, and she's like, "Okay." I, I thought maybe she what? dozed off. I don't know. Well, I think it was. Th- I mean, that was very. It, that was after she was like clearly not right, and you're trying to figure out like what's going on with her. She's obvious. It's like to prove that she's like not there really. Yeah. yeah. But banana thief. Ran so the other thing. So the the character of Heinrich also, who's oh just this God. like pageantried like like arms like constantly moving as if he's like tripping on acid, but this like over the top. He's so he's the character who his wife has admitted to cheating on him with. He's like twenty years older than them. Seems, and and like immediately like when he's con. When Daniel confronts him, like, people in this movie are very, like, touchy-feely. Like, also, when the guy who's, like, the the lover-slash-partner of the uh, private detective finds Sam Neill and, like, asks him, is asking him where he was, he just, like, grabs his hands. Yeah, holds him. And, like, holds yeah. his hands. It's very strange. <laughs> um... But yeah, also, but also, um, like within minutes of meeting Sam Neill, uh, Heinrich is touching him and like, like his chest and his back and like, and his um, shirt's like unbuttoned. Yeah, I think he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be 
high on some kind of drug the whole time. Yeah. Well, he does at that at that scene in the bathroom. He takes something out of his shirt and sprinkles it all over the place. I think it was supposed to be cocaine or maybe heroin. Well, that, but then that? he was he was trying to get Anna to do some kind of drug that'll open the gates of love and be the best sex ever. Remember when he? Yeah, yeah like he was definitely on something. And then the fast forward a little bit when he goes to visit uh, Sam Neill's character at the apartment looking for Anna. What the hell was going on there? He's like bouncing around the stairwell yeah, in the really hallways. Fucked up. Yeah, shit was crazy. <laughs> Um, so there's things in this movie that like, you're never, I'm never sure if I'm like what I'm supposed to think. Like, okay. So the teacher and Anna are the same actress, right? But they're two different people. At least you're supposed to think, I mean, right. Well, yeah, yeah, they're they're completely two different people. They're it's completely two different it's people. It's a matter of like what he's seeing her as. Yeah. And so the teacher is. So you think maybe the teacher doesn't actually look anything like her, as that he's just seeing her as the loving mother that she should be. Yeah, is it like I a think thing? so. Because remember okay, so when he first meets her when he's dropping off uh, Bob for the first time, he like grabs her and was like. Uh, what did you say? Who are you? Like, you look. Oh yeah, he's like, is this a joke? Yeah, he's like, yeah. Have you seen my wife? She's like, yeah, of course I've seen your wife. Um. So yeah, I think he was just seeing her that way. But now that I'm thinking about it, like, is that? I mean, there's a lot of messages in this movie, but is that what the big underlying thing is with the the issue in their marriage? They were seeing, or they wanted their spouse to. You know, they like they loved each other, but wanted them to be something else. So he was seeing Helen, the teacher, as her, and then she created or brought on this demon that ended up, uh, spoiler at the end, ended up being him. I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to dissect in this. That was the connection I made that the creature ends up looking like him, and the teacher looked like her. It's like exactly it's like what they wanted all along, but they but the version that that they wanted them to be, kind of thing. Yep, something it could like that. be. Yeah. Um. um but yeah, the, so the a little bit later on, the teacher stuff gets weird, where she just like drops in and gives the son a bath, and then washes the dishes, and then is West Germany like. Is is everybody just grinding their own meat? <laughs> I think back then in Europe, I think that was pretty common. But then, like, even so, like that was you know she's using her electric knife to cut up the meat, then she's grinding the meat, and they're fighting the whole time. Then days later, the fucking meat grinder's still out, and it's gonna be nasty as shit. And the teacher comes over and just starts breaking down this meat grinder and washing it. And I was like, huh? I was like, she just knew how to do that. Yeah, but that also might be like a. Like we were saying earlier, was it days later or was it hours later? Yeah, that's true. Um, we, we, that first scene where she's grinding meat, were you guys just like waiting for somebody's hand to go in? That's why yeah, I, 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 like, like, I was like, oh, I was like, she's going to cut her hand off with that electric knife. 
or the yeah, hands first going the ground. Thing, I thought she was just gonna like soft her fingers and like not react. Um, yeah, which, that was that was bizarre because she cuts herself with the electric knife, and then like shortly thereafter, Mark ends up cutting himself. Like he cuts his arm with the like, knife. Yeah, like like what was the point of that? Like, it was very. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't because I don't know why he was equally psychotic when he wasn't having the same like breakdown she was. So I, I didn't get the like him cutting his arm scene. I mean, I guess he was having, having all the, all own. those psychotic episodes because he's coping with her acting that way and ending the marriage and having a, an affair. But the cutting part didn't make any sense because like it, 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 it there was it was weird. It was right after she did it to herself. He bandaged her up and then he goes and sits down and it's like very methodical like just starts cutting slits in his arm with no reaction. It was weird. No, I, my note there was there, but both of these characters fucking deranged. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, um, what was next? We're, we're approaching the tunnel scene at this point. <laughs> well, so they have, they have their next meltdown. Um, I forget what happens in between, but the next meltdown is where they beat the shit out of each other, or in particular, he really lays it on her pretty good. Um, and her face is a bloody mess, and then she causes that tow truck to have an accident. <laughs> yeah. Like, three cars fall off the top of it. Yeah. And there's just a lot of screaming going on. Yeah, there's, like, basically screaming for, like, 15 minutes straight. Yep. Kind of starting with the slapping. And it's kind of and like just like nonsense screaming. Yeah. Like the kind of thing if like if you had this on in another room, someone would come in to check to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Uh, I oh I was, yeah. I was that, turning that... the volume down so that Gia wasn't like hearing it last night. Well, I think it's a safe PSA to say don't watch this movie on a flight. If you're sitting next to strangers, <laughs> yeah, well, you might get offboarded from the flight. Um, did anything noteworthy else noteworthy happen? I mean, there's plenty of stuff, but before the the infamous tunnel scene. No, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness between him cutting himself and then the tunnel scene, but I don't think well, yeah, I mean, super you see, super important. You get your first look at the uh, creature, or whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, which is very Hellraiser kind of influenced. Tentacle, yeah, that was, it reminded me, goopy. It reminded me of Hellraiser. Yeah. Kind of the thing. It's just like this bloody, goopy mess. She kills a couple more victims that I was kind of gathering, also similar to Hellraiser, that she was feeding to the demon to help regenerate it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Except the bodies, was it? I think it was just feeding on their blood. Because the, bo- the body, she had the bodies parts in her fridge. The body yeah. was in the fridge. Her bodies were in the fridge. Or maybe it took their souls. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, that was another thing that. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Heinrich's soul was missing. Yeah. After he drowned in a world of shit. Oh, yeah, the, the, mom. the mom. Also, 
No, but you don't understand. His soul's gone. I'm like, what the hell is this lady talking about? Okay, so... All right. <laughs> Let's go to that bathroom scene real quick. Do it. All right, so there's just a there's just a random sneaker in the garbage of this bar, and then he takes a feather out to of the garbage. To make himself puke to make into himself, the clogged uh, toilet. That really got me, because I'm like, why... Why can't you just make? Why can't you just stick your finger down your throat? Or don't or do that whole puking. Yeah, like that whole puking charade didn't have to happen. Like uh, he was already distraught and doing his own thing, puking. You could just beat him over the head with the toilet um, lid. You know, any way you wanted. Like that whole charade was unnecessary. Yeah. It was so it was so elaborate for what he was trying to do. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I need some help. And as soon as he opens the door, plank. But it, he walks into that bar and he, like, is clearly on mission and he walks towards the back and he runs into a guy who's like, I wouldn't do that out here. But, like, the, he's never, this guy is the first time he showed up on screen. Sam Neill says nothing to him. <laughs> no, I thought that was Heinrich. No, like, it was a, well, I'm, I thought it was just like a random dude at the bar. Oh. Heinrich got stabbed in the armpit and just walking around with a towel under his armpit. And nobody at the bar seemed alarmed whatsoever. No. Literally, no. <laughs> I mean, it was a rough area. No, that was um, another, a lot of this movie just felt like, not fever dream, but just like... You know, I, 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 I would say yeah. Yeah. Because you also, like, you're like, I, there's also parts where you're like, it's like that part where you're like, why is Sam Neill doing this? Is this another person that is him? Like, it, you know. Yeah, his his actions there didn't necessarily line up with like what we knew of the character. And why did he blow up the apartment? I mean, it's obviously to cover up evidence, but like, why did he feel like he had to do that? No, it seemed like his relationship was pretty shitty for the lengths he was going to protect it. Yeah. So I then, like murdering Heinrich and blowing up the apartment. So then he kind of has like these uh, spy meetings again, right? And that then was the, oh, that was the dead dog scene. Yeah. Well, hold on, and we, we skipped oh, over the oh, tunnel we, season scene. Yeah, we did. We did. <coughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we can go back to the tunnel. Oh scene. my god, to so the tunnel scene. Um. Anna is alone for this. Uh, I I forget where she was going. It was it was just one of the many times. So the whole thing that they they touch on with their relationship is she goes to this apartment that is run down and basically abandoned, and like part time lives there. And she tells Mark that she goes there to be herself or be by herself. And then when she feels like she needs to, she goes home has some kind of ridiculous temper tantrum and flips out or, or how about when she went home the one time was like, uh, I'm getting, uh, Bob's clothes ready for the laundry. And it's just like trashing the apartment, like putting clothes into the, the pantry and the cupboards and ripping stuff down, like all kinds of insane scenes by her whenever she goes home. So I think it was one of her trips in between going home and going to her, apartment where she has the demon hanging out and where she has all her victims and she goes in this tunnel and has 
no exaggeration, the most insane performance I've ever seen a person do on camera. Like, it was supposed to be, what, uh, take it as you, as the viewer will, like, either possession or a psychotic breakdown, but her just screaming and pulsating and flying all around the tunnel, sort of. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, it was wild. What did you say, Sean? Yeah, that uh, that entire scene was wild. And I texted Pete while it was happening. <laughs> I, I, I felt like it was a little bit overacting on the well, part. Well, big time, but like uh, in the just, best kind of way. It, just, it, it went on so long. Her just like throwing herself around the subway tunnel rolling around uh like just like um primal screaming like how do you think she even got herself into the headspace to do that scene and was it only one take it, ha it had to be like they couldn't have her have her doing that multiple times like no that had to be one i feel like that it was one take but it, it didn't make any sense to me until the very end of it when she's like giving birth Something like, like that, yeah. Bloody, Some gooey, bloody thing happened with no. I was like, okay, her reaction does make actually some sense. But that that whole scene, Jesus Christ! I just don't understand how, as an actress, she did that. Like, like, did they give her LSD to make her act crazy? Like, it's just, it was so wild. I I don't know how she did it. I've seen that scene on lists of like hard hard to watch scenes in movies, hardest to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's something else. I mean, I didn't necessarily find it like hard to watch, like super disturbing. It was just kind of like, wow, this is nuts. Yeah, and like couldn't look away, like it was. Hmm. But my yeah. my only note for this scene just says subway scene. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those scenes and, and there's a bunch of things in this movie like I already mentioned that I will not forget yeah um, and it kind of led us into like the whole last half hour or so of the movie which is just like total mayhem mayhem yeah is the only way to describe it um, yeah. the, the last 15 minutes in particular of this movie gets really, really, really nuts. Yeah, he kind of, uh, he kind of like it's they, his spy people try and re recruit him and they don't want to use somebody else. And then, as far as like all I can tell is like, and I had to rewind back to the beginning of the movie. Because I just rem all I remembered is a reference to somebody in pink socks, and then in literally the last like minute of the movie, a guy taking his shoe off and putting it back on. And he's wearing pink socks. Yeah, so he was but the subject, but he was the one the ones that was initially interviewing him. So was his whole spy thing just a ruse? Like I don't. I guess uh... unanswerable questions. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure out there there's like an expert on this movie somewhere that could explain everything but and I'm sure there's 
certain reasons, and I'm sure a lot of it is budgetary, but, like, the, the scene after he has the cabbie drive into the house and they get into a shootout, he gets into his blue car and drives away, and the very and it cuts, and he's on a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I? Am, how drunk am I? But how did he get? He was on Heinrich's motorcycle. How about that stunt oh. that you could tell they had? They made Sam Neill do it. No stuntman. Where he tries to crash the car off the pier and like rolls out of it, and they have like different angle shots of it going on. And it looked very sloppy, and he probably got hurt. How about the fact that, like, West Berlin is so gray and dreary that he can just put a dead body in an old garment bag and <laughs> shove it in his trunk in the middle of the street? Well, then it went flying out, though, when he hit the cop car. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> so it went from him. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. That scene, where the cops were approaching the house where she actually was, right? Mm -hmm. And he was with them and then asked the cab to drive into them as a distraction, but then somehow got involved, and that's when they decided to go after him? Well, because he crashed the car, so when, they went, to, the when they went to pursue him... And the cabbie was that? Didn't they like? Sh didn't they shoot at the cabbie? Yeah, they shot and killed the cabbie. Yeah, so that, so then they were also pursuing Mark, and he opened fire on on them and killed one of the cops, and then it was a whole. Right, I just wanted to make sure that in the beginning of the scene he, that he was supposedly with them. Well, and also we got to mention this was all after, or this was after the uh, famous tentacle sex scene, right? Yes. So that scene, another one, yeah. that was a bit of a. So this this one I knew was coming in some way at some point. Like as long as I've heard about this, like so I heard about this movie in my early twenties, uh, because like we already said, it was banned. It was a video nasty, and it was one of those ones that like you couldn't get anywhere. Uh, even even in the late two um, thousands, like it just wasn't available. And then heard about it more because uh, it's funny that Jeff's not on. One of the the people, the horror writers that I follow really closely, I like his podcast, I like everything he writes about. This is hands down his favorite movie, which makes me judge him as a person a little bit now. <laughs> um, so he always talked about it. So it was just one that I've been I've been waiting to see for like fourteen years. Um, and the scene that's always talked about is the tentacle sex scene. So when that scene goes down, like, I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was going to come, but I didn't know, like, in what way. And I thought it was going to be, like, that octopus dude that was on the bed. Like, maybe she was just going to, like, lay with it, and that's how it was going to go down. I wasn't expecting, like, full-on tentacle, like, hip thrusting. Yeah, she was getting plowed. Yeah, she was getting it and was being very audible about it. Uh, as Almost. Sam as Sam Neill's watching. Very strange. Uh really weird scene. I don't I the the practical effects they did for the for the demon monster thing that was doing that to her 
was really disturbing, especially knowing what it was doing. It was, again, something else, something I will not forget. But then she said something. She said something before earlier in the movie that they had made love all night. Yeah, but when it was when it was even more of a blobby. Mess. It was like yeah, it was super goopy. So that that was supposed to be <laughs> gross in its own. Oh, so this was this was better, I guess. It yeah, was mostly a, a fully formed creature. Yeah, creature, but not a human. Oh no. Um, tentacles and. It was shaped weird. Well, I feel like there was probably like a person in there. Uh, it you looked know. like it was animatronic, didn't it? It could be. Just the way it was like thrusting looked very robotic. I just thought maybe there was like a person, maybe like with like their legs beneath, like through the mattress and like the other upper body, because it was yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. a half. Yeah. It wasn't like the size of a full body. Because, like, the upper half, like, still had arms and was kind of, like, caressing her in a gross way as it was going yeah. down. Yeah. Um, So, after that is when what leads to Sam Neill's character doing the whole protecting her cop car thing, right? Yep. Then he crashes the... There was definitely drugs involved in the making of this movie oh yeah um i didn't look on imdb like what other movies has this guy done he's done a lot of uh polish german and french films nothing this this was his first and only uh english speaking movie but the the director if i'm not mistaken was either in a relationship or married to anna Oh really? Oh okay. At the time of this film, ah, uh, that would make sense. That I don't know what that says about their relationship, but are you sure about that? Uh, I think I read that on Wikipedia. Because she was she was very beautiful. Yeah. Yep. But then I saw nips. Nice a little little big. Yeah, but that'd be fun to play with. <laughs> Um, I saw an interview with the director in the interview was done in two in the year 2000 him talking about working with her and getting her ready for the role and it was interesting he was like talking about how well she did like taking all that that on like mentally and the physical performance but then he just like turned it into this tirade saying how oh well now she's like full of all kinds of silicone and Botox and trying to make herself look younger and she's She's, you know, a mad person now because she's trying to look younger. Like, what the hell is he talking about? And I turned it off. So maybe it is some scorn. No, right. no, I am. I'm a little uh, mistaken. She was married to the cinematographer, not the director. Okay, okay, that makes more and sense. And then she dated. And then she dated Daniel Day Lewis. Ah, yeah, good for her. No, it's funny because she. Reminded me of Sophie Mercal or whatever her yeah, name is. Yeah, from Braveheart. Yeah, and he, uh, the director, was in a relationship with her. Hmm. Small world. Um, speaking of Daniel Day Lewis, uh, is such a um, 
method character actor he was the tentacle monster actually it was his first <laughs> un- uncredited yeah. role he spent he spent six months as a tentacle monster <laughs> having sex with people <laughs> all right how do we even describe how this thing wraps so i don't think we need to i think i think we should let people because it's a watch for me just because it's fucking bonkers yeah agreed and, and i did not see the ending of it coming yeah, I mean, I, I we, we, and it really doesn't make sense anyway. So, no. like, let people watch it and figure it out. I give it a definite watch. Yes, because it's bonkers. We talked about plenty of bonkers things. There, uh, there's plenty of bonkers things that I've liked and disliked, but the majority is like the kind of thing like, oh, this is bonkers. Like, it's fun to watch with a group, or oh, this is bonkers. Like, it's so bad, it's good. This was bonkers where it was like, I thought like the, like, and we talked about it. The cinematography was really well done. Um, there's, there's weird plot stuff and script stuff, but overall a very, very well-crafted main movie and just had me like kind of captivated at the weirdness that was happening on the screen. And also, yeah, um, it gets, uh, Isabel uh, Johnny, who played Anna, was fantastic. Uh, she did, wasn't, she... My, wasn't my favorite Sam Neill performance, but otherwise, I thought, you know, the acting was pretty pretty well done. I thought both her and Sam Neill did a ton of big acting with their faces and their eyes. Yeah, because um, there were scenes where she's just like wide-eyed and like you know that she's like fucking going nuts and she's not really there in that moment and that's when like her focus is on whatever feeding the monster i guess and then there's scenes where they're there and they're arguing and then she's like looking at her son and trying to do stuff for her son and same with him there's scenes where he's just like totally bonkers and his face is crazy and um but uh I, I can't remember if we were if it was in the beginning of when after we started recording or if it was before we started recording, but I'm definitely looking forward to um if and when hopefully Joe Bob does this because oh, yeah. I want to watch this happen. with commentary. Yeah, I think it'll and happen. with with his input and see if he even knows what the fuck happens. Because I really don't. Um what they do keep saying is what what we have neglected to say is the creature, for lack of a better word, is continuously referred to as a god. Yeah. And there's and there's religious references, whether uh, where Sam Neill says he doesn't believe in God, he thinks people that I don't remember exactly what he said, but they're like people are that follow religion or some oh. sadists or something. I, I wrote his quote down. He said, "For me, God is a disease." Oh yeah. Yeah. That's got to be an intro to a metal song. Yeah. Tell Chris to put that so, as an intro to one of their next songs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's it also may be some sort of uh, religious commentary in this movie. Who knows? Um, we've done a possession list before, and I don't even know if this fits in that category or because it's not a, I don't even, again, we don't really know what I, this movie's about. Well, there is, no, it's not possession. I don't know what the hell it is. I mean, to me, it comes across more 
psychological, but then there's de- there's definite um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh not demonic. But like creature type stuff going on that, that uh that's yeah. that's that's happening in the real world, whether they've lost their minds or not. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call it like possession. I, yeah, in like, in yeah. the sense that we were doing that list, where it was like definitive religious Catholic guilt possession movies. Yeah. Um, but the other reason, like that, I give this a, a watch, and I don't want like over dramatize it, but like certain movies are, for me at least, are like an experience, and this movie was definitely an experience. And like yes. I said before, I, I will not forget certain parts of it. Um, I will be telling people about this movie for for years whenever the topic of something bizarre or weird comes up in uh, film. But it was an experience worth having, I would say. Yeah, Jeff saw it at the Mahoning. Yeah, um, I didn't want to go. So Jeff and Shane went. I didn't want to go with them because I kind of wanted to see it in a more contained, like, smaller environment so I can concentrate on it because I was so hyped for it. I don't know. Like, do you think this would be fun in a drive-in setting for your first time Um, seeing it? I don't think the Mahoning is great necessarily for first-time watches. Yeah. Because it's more about, like, the hang. You're you're sitting there. You're kind of laughing at the film. I don't know if this one would have... I would definitely get... Like, now that I've seen it, I would definitely go back up yeah, there exactly. to see it yeah yeah a first time viewing of this movie would have been weird at the drive-in i think like a maybe a regular movie theater yes but first time viewing at the drive-in maybe no i also want to mention um it's a shame i should have worked on the studio this was a beautiful 4k transfer that shutter acquired as well uh i read a little bit more about it it was for it was originally for a blu-ray release that was um an overseas Blu-ray, like we were talking about with the region-free Blu-ray players. But uh, it was 4K. It was a really nice transfer. They shined this thing up. It was really crisp. Very well done. Yeah, for something this blue and gray. Yeah, yeah. Really define those blues and grays, though. You really got to see uh, how much work Sam Neill needed to get on the bottom row of his teeth. <laughs> I actually wrote this down. I think it was Metrograph. No, it was a different. The, the name that did the uh, studio they showed in the beginning that, that did the transfer and they kind of like thanked. I want to. Say, I keep wanting to say inline, but it wasn't inline. Nah. All right, so that's the unanimous watch. Uh, Jeff mentioned before recording in the in the group text that he did say he loved the movie, so I'm guessing he would have given it a watch. Yeah. So check it out on Shutter, or if uh, if you're patient enough and you're not clamoring to see this right away, I would suggest uh, I I can all but guarantee that Joe Bob's going to do this and wait for the Joe Bob release for your first time viewing it. We will, it sounds like we will all certainly be watching it again for that. Yep. Oh, and I hope that Mahoning does get a copy of this because it would be fun. Yeah, I wonder who supplied them with it. They did it for a tunnel, 
Tunnel Vision Tuesday, so it must have been uh, um, damn it, who's their normal guys that supply them with all the films? Man, I'm bad with names. Yeah. Well, they're normal guys that rent them the films. Oh, or, su yeah, or supply the films. Alright, so coming up uh, after this episode, next week we got for you, we're back to a War Games. And kind of in spirit of this Watch Us or Die, I think this topic would be more fitting for this movie than Possession. We're doing Body Horror. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it could fit. It, I don't, it, it's not going to make my list, I don't think. But Nah, just because the lines are too blurred and I don't know where to even classify it. And there's there is certainly some definitive sure. body horror films out there. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be throwing a top 10 at you in War Games style. I think I'm going to try and avoid at least movies that we've talked about before. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to. I almost uh, was going to... I'll give you one example. I think we've talked about the thing enough that we don't need to put it on the list. I don't know if I would... That doesn't even... I mean, it is body horror, but that doesn't come to mind. The first thing yeah, I think I of just, for that I... is alien-type horror. Um, it doesn't come to mind for yeah. body horror. Yeah. For Body horror for me... I wonder if you guys are thinking the same thing or have the same definition. It's a person who's dealing with like the horror of their body changing against their will, like yeah. th throughout the movie and like doing, and then like, there's obviously going to be really gory fucked up scenes, but like the main gist is someone's going through some kind of transformation. Sure. That is against their will. But yeah, like, could be, could be a werewolf, could be a uh, something else could be uh yeah, I guess werewolf would qualify as body horror, huh? I wasn't thinking that either, but I think for me, if that's going to be included, it just depends on like how well, how good the transformation scenes are and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, we're going to get into it. I was going to ask you guys if we should limit it to only one Cronenberg movie, but we can't. There's too many good ones. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going three people picking ten movies, so. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. All right, boys. What kind of sign-off did we do without Jeff? I think uh, we say uh, <laughs> hate uh, hate war, hate hate greed and uh, vegan food. Agreed. <laughs> and we don't want Vince McMahon back in WWE. No, apparently someone that's already taken his place again. I don't know. There's so much stuff going around. Yeah, yeah. and if it gets sold to that Saudi Arabia conglomerate, whatever it is, then I'm not watching. I'm not watching a lot of WWE anyway, but... I want to change the sign-off to something that rhymes. We'll say hate, greed, and cattle feed. Hate, greed, Ooh. and cattle feed. And with that, Since we don't want to. We don't want to steal Jeff's. <laughs> All right, we gotta remember that future episodes. Hate, hate green cattle, cattle feed. feed. With that, no we love. are out of here.